Welcome to Social PR Secrets, the podcast. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Krista Neer. She is the CEO and founder of Bootcamp Digital, and she is probably the most asked back guest. This definitely makes Krista a social PR secret. In this episode, Krista and I take a deep dive into the who, what, where, when, and why of digital marketing, how she got started, what's important today, and some of the biggest misses and also the biggest home runs we see when it comes to digital marketing. Enjoy this interview with Krista. Oh, hey, Krista. Hi. So um, we have known each other for definitely more than 10 years on the same circuits, speaking and learning a lot from each other. And I wanted to invite you to share some of your um, knowledge on digital marketing, talk about what is happening right now in the digital marketing landscape, which changes constantly, especially right now. But before we get into it, can you just share with us just a little bit about your background and your journey to where you are now, which is actually in Amsterdam, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I started digital marketing back in 2007, 2006, right? And at that point, social media was really just taking off. I actually, I always say I'm so old school. I started on MySpace marketing. What, what? Yay. <laughs> yeah, who did that? Vanilla Ice was in my top five. Um, but anyways, so, um, so I got started pretty early on in the process. And uh, prior to that, I had worked at Procter & Gamble. Right. And when you work at a big company like P&G, you have these massive budgets. And suddenly I was doing marketing for a startup and it was like, oh, man, how do I get results without like an agency that does everything and spending all this money? And so that was when I really got into digital marketing and social media when, you know, I started to realize, man, the power of this stuff is incredible. And, you know, the startup that I worked for, we were able to grow our user base in our first year higher than our biggest competitor who had a marketing budget of two or three million bucks a year and it's just because we were laser focused using digital so that was super exciting for me and uh once that startup sold i started bootcamp digital where i really focused on helping other people grow their capabilities and get the results that they should be getting from this kind of stuff and i've been doing that now for about 12 years i've written um five books on digital marketing and i uh as lisa mentioned yeah digital marketing that actually works um and as lisa mentioned i'm currently based in amsterdam i came here to uh run digital transformation for a big global company and uh and then i just i've stayed so uh so i'm now in amsterdam doing you know doing all the same kind of stuff yeah brian excellent Okay, so where were we? <laughs> All right, Krista, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your background. Um, but tell us a little bit about Bootcamp Digital. What exactly is Bootcamp Digital? And and you, you, just, you started to say how you started it, but maybe just like start from when you started Bootcamp and what the purpose is. Yeah, so I started Bootcamp Digital because what I realized was that a lot of businesses needed help doing this stuff right whether they were doing it themselves, hiring an agency, they were an agency. I mean, digital marketing is complex. It's always changing. And, you know, to be honest, I learn something new every single day. 
And so what I was really passionate about was helping other people to get the results they should be getting from digital marketing. And so that's why I started Bootcamp Digital. And so we really focus on training and capabilities. So we're not an agency. You cannot hire us to do your digital marketing for you, but we'll help you to do it better yourself or manage it better yourself or be more strategic about it. So, so much has changed since you first started and for when I first started, you know, kind of transitioning from traditional public relations and integrating social, integrating internet marketing into the social, um, the public relations strategy. And same with you, like your story yeah. about PNG and then, you know, discovering social and how you can actually like, you know, be more flexible, be, you know, show better results using digital you know, fast forward to today where digital marketing is now very mainstream, but still like we're learning something new every day. Yeah. One of the things is that, um, you know, right now we're in extremely uncertain times, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But I think that digital marketing, it, first of all, it's not something that's really being taught in college to the degree that our level of it or, or the level that really businesses of any size need. So yeah. So I just feel like it's so um, it's such an opportunity right now, especially right now, every business, every organization, nonprofit, small, small business, large business needs digital marketing experts or professionals. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the most in-demand skills, Microsoft just did a survey on the most in-demand skills for marketers. So this is for all marketers and it would blow most people's mind that I do this for a living. SEO was number one. SEO, you know, which we think of as old. SEO is dead. I've heard for like 10 years now, right? Number one in demand skill. And I think the truth of the matter is, you know, digital marketing really at best is 10 years old for the most part. Right. But if you look at kind of the evolution and when it became like a legitimate and serious business tool used by many, many businesses, we're talking maybe five years. Right. And so you just have so many people in these organizations with an idea, but not with really, you know, the fundamental knowledge to be able to execute this stuff well. And, you know, because there's so many things involved in it and it is, you know, evolving a lot, I really do think it's tricky for anyone to stay on top of it. I mean, heck, I do this for a living and I learn new things every day. You know, it's not like accounting where there's this skill set and you learn it and you're done and you can go be an accountant. Right. Yeah. It's like really constant trying to trying to think about what works now and why that is and constantly adapt and try new things. So right now, um, like, let's just say somebody just lost their job and maybe they're not a digital marketer, but they want to learn. Um, I mean, I feel like digital marketing is something that even if you don't have any background in digital marketing, there's a place to start for anybody and you don't have to go back to college to learn, right? Absolutely. I think first, I mean, okay, so I wrote the first textbook on social media. Okay, so I say this as somebody in the industry who has made money on that industry, but I don't think in general, like traditional college is well set up to teach people the job skills that they need for social media. You know, if you want to understand the history of digital marketing and all of the, you know, like that's the kind of the way they teach this, but practical skills are not often taught well. 
And, you know, I still remember I had an intern, this was years ago, but I had an intern with a master's in online marketing. And what blew my mind is like almost any, so you could ask like, well, what is SEO? And you'd get this like great answer. I'd be like, great, do a, just build like a keyword strategy, top 10 keywords for my website. No idea how to do that. It was like literally like training was on the list. <laughs> and it's like, you know, because they just don't get to that practical application level that it makes it tricky. So I, I don't think, I think college is great for many things. You know, I went to college um, and I work with colleges and they're good for many things. And I, but I don't think they're particularly well equipped for this kind of really hands-on practical skill set that most digital marketers need. The good news though, is that if you wanna learn, you don't necessarily need a background in traditional marketing. Honestly, when I look at a lot of the people who are looked at as being experts in digital, most of them didn't start in marketing. A lot of them actually started in IT or they were programmers or they were in PR and they made the switch. So you always can make that switch, I think, the most important thing that I see is what lacks from a lot of people who are self-taught is this like sort of fundamental strategic knowledge, right? And so that's what you wanna make sure you get. So some people are tempted to just go and like take a course that's like, you know, 50 hacks to grow your Facebook page. And first mm -hmm. of all, that stuff rarely actually works. Secondly, you're not gonna really be rounded enough to take that type of a skill very far. And so that's, you know, that's why we structure our programs, you know, from strategy to execution to best practices to measurement, because it's all of these things across multiple disciplines and putting them together smartly. That's that's where the money is. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that starting with the strategy and ending with the measurement, those two things get left off. Everybody goes straight to the middle and straight yeah. to the implementation of doing and you can't really tell like what's working and what's not. No. And, you know, I'm in a lot of these um, social media and digital marketing groups full of, you know, professionals getting paid to do this. Right. And 80% of the frustrations that agencies have with clients or freelancers or solo people when they're frustrated with a client or if they work in digital marketing and they're frustrated with their boss and their boss's boss, 80% of the time it's strategy and measurement. It's got nothing to do with whether the execution is any good. It's strategy and measurement. And most people like don't think it through concretely enough and get alignment well enough, even if you're only aligning yourself, makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Right. And just, I mean, I think like that also controls the expectation. So if you don't have a strategy, you don't have an agreed upon measurement, how everybody is judging success from a different point of view. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I just did, we're piloting virtual trainings, right? Because we have to take all our live training now and virtualize them. So we just did a pilot on strategy last week and somebody was asking about something like that they were doing and whether or not it's good. And hang on, I'm getting a prop for this because I, I came up with like the best analogy, right? So I have a plant here. It's actually fake, right? But pretend it's a real plant and I want to water it and it's sitting on the other side of the room, right? I could come over here and turn on a sprinkler. And if I turn on a sprinkler, some of the water is gonna hit in this plant, right? So it's not, well, it's inside, pretend we're outside though, but like, it's not the worst idea. You're probably kind of gonna water the plants, but you know what would be way better would be to get a watering can, walk over to the plant and pour the water directly on it, right? And that's what's missing with strategy is like, 
I rarely see someone where they're doing stuff and you're like, that's totally bizarre. Why would you do it? It's just not the best way to get the result that you want. But usually it's not mapped out that way. Yeah. And this applies to any type of marketing, including public relations. So starting with the strategy and making sure that everybody is agreed, agreeing on what the expectations and what the business outcomes are going to be as a result of the strategy. So just to kind of like walk through very simply, like, you know, and I, you know, we've bought, we've both taught classes. You were a guest at my class I taught at University of Florida on social media marketing and social, social media management. And I think like the one thing it's, you know, it's strategy sounds like such a big word. And so it's just like so daunting. It's going to have to take three weeks to come up with the strategy when maybe, but the strategy needs to have measurable outcomes. It needs to have a primary objective. Like, can you just kind of walk us through like just the, you know, your simplified version of a strategy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is how we teach strategy. And I did not make this up. Like if you Google, like, how do you build strategy smartly? You will find this. It was created like a bazillion years ago. Right. And we just use it for digital marketing, but we use GSOT. So goal strategy, objective tactics. So the goal is like at a high level, what do you want to do? So it could be a growth in sales, or it could be about a specific product. So it does, it could be small or big in terms of your goal at the very beginning, right? Or I don't want to say small or big, but it, it could be specific or general is probably a better way to say it, right? The second thing is your strategy. So the strategy is what is the approach that you will take that will achieve the goal? So here's the approach. So think of Facebook, right? Their goal is to get new users. Their strategy was to go campus by campus by campus and dominate one at a time. That was their strategy, right? The way they got the people to use the platform. So your strategy could be where you are in the funnel, right? It could be, well, you know, we really need to build this broad awareness to be taken seriously when somebody is going to think about choosing us. Or you could have a very clearly focused conversion strategy with a sales team if you're in B2B, right? But it's that what is the approach you take? And most commonly that links to like the traditional marketing funnel where you kind of choose the part of the funnel you're playing in, but it's not limited to that, right? It could be a go-to market approach or something else. So that's your strategy. And you might have, you know, two of them. Then you have your objectives. These are like the measurable things that you want to have happen in order to achieve your goal. So let's say, you know, I'm focused on sales. I actually was just talking to someone on my team about this today for a specific product that we want to grow sales in. So we have a measurable goal and we have a clear uh, strategy. So our objective, we basically said, well, we need to get about a hundred well-qualified leads a month in order to convert the two that we need to get the sales figures that we need. So our objective is a hundred leads a month, uh, quality leads, obviously, right? So your objective is like, what are the measurable things where if you add those up, probably you hit that goal because most goals are not inherently measurable as you go unless you're in e-commerce right yeah and even then it's questionable because awareness leads to sales over time right so anyways so your objectives are the measurable things and then you have your tactics right this is how i'm going to do it and then once you have your tactics you need kpis for each of them and then your tactic kpis link to your objective which links to your strategy which links to your goal so you kind of got to be able to go up and down that chain and that is the most comprehensive and pointed way to build a strategy for your business. 
Yeah. And if you're freelancing or you're an agency and you're working with a brand, small or large, that is something that you need to make sure that everybody's in agreement. You have to either be given the strategy or help them create it and make sure that everybody's on the same page as far as what is the goal, what is what is the primary objective. And I mean, I, I just see that, you know, one, it's a big miss because everybody wants to just jump straight into it. And right. another big miss is just also, I find is just understanding who your persona is, who your audience is, and going through that exercise. So you want to talk about that for a minute about building a persona? And I mean, to me, it's a big miss, but it, again, it doesn't have to take a lot of time to just have a simple set of personas that you're actually, you can identify with, and so can your writers and your social media managers. Well, and what I think the problem is, like, look, I can teach this stuff, but when I look at what I do, I'm always like, oh, it's a hot mess. I can't work it out, right? So it all sounds easy. It's not. These are, like, big, difficult things. Sometimes they don't have to be, but it's usually our own mental block that makes it seem so hard. Because when you look at, like, a target audience, the number one thing people say is, like, yeah, but I don't want to block these people out. Or, but I want to make sure you know, or I can also serve people and I can also and also and also, right? And we always just big, big, big. We feel like somehow that's better. But if you look at the most successful products, the most successful, especially new products, like Amazon didn't start selling everything. They just sold books. They were the best place to buy books. That Mm -hmm. was it. And they were cheapest, actually. Their value proposition was the cheapest place to buy books. That's it. (laughs) Right? And And then it grows and grows from there, right? But like, I think what I see with businesses of all sizes is like, it's so hard for us to get really pointed and disciplined because we feel like we're missing something, right? But like the example I always use, I used to work on Tide laundry detergent, right? It has 50% or more market share, I think. I don't actually know. Um, But when you look at a Tide commercial, who are they targeting? It's really evident immediately, right? They're targeting moms with two kids and a minivan and a dog who live in the suburbs and like, that's their target. Does that mean that people who don't fit that profile don't buy it? Not at all, right? Mm -hmm. People, you can't get 50% market share if that's all who buys it. What is if you, what is tied the best set? It's the best cleaning power. It's gonna clean your clothes better than everyone else. Who cares about whether their clothes are really clean, right? Not single people, because like, I don't know, when I was single, I was not very messy, right? Kids are like mess factories as our animals. That's why that's the target audience. That's who they particularly solve a unique problem for, right? And that's even in a big company. They can get that clarity and they still build market share far beyond, right? That's what every business needs to be able to do is to build and hone in that clarity. And I know it's hard. And I think if you have a business already, it's even harder because that's where I always struggle. I feel like if I started what I need to do, actually, this is what I said. I learned something every day. Pretend you don't have a business yet. Right. Then who you would who would you really solve a problem for? Because once you have customers, then they feel all over the place and it's harder to pinpoint them. But, you know, if big laundry detergent brands can get that focus, surely all of us can do a much better job. Definitely, definitely. So let's talk about trends in digital marketing and what's working and what's not um, and what channels, what's what's happening on the channels that you're seeing. I mean, obviously, like live video right now has become more popular than ever with what's happening in the world. Um, But what are some of the trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, video is everywhere. To me, this is probably an annoying answer, but like the biggest trend is don't care about the trends and do the stuff that works better. Yeah. Right. So, like, 
I am so sick of every business needing to be on TikTok. I'm sorry. <laughs> like there are some reasons, some businesses like if I was marketing a college, I would be all over it. Or if I was Taco Bell, but like most businesses, terrible use of your time and energy. Right. But I'm in these digital marketing groups. Everyone thinks everyone needs to do everything. Right. And, and we like to try new things and there's this shiny object syndrome. Like I get it, but the truth of the matter is like, these big buckets of digital marketing. That's why I wrote digital marketing that actually works, right? Because like these new tools, they're unproven. You waste a lot of time and very few people get results. But like, look at SEO. It's been around for ages, forever. It still is going to be one of the things that you can do better, right? And I think, you know, I, I created this model because I was working with a big company and I always felt like they spend all their time doing new stuff and the stuff they do is never executed well. Like the, the meat and potatoes, right? They spend 3 million bucks a year on Facebook ads and their videos are completely terrible. Yet they're going into Snapchat and TikTok. Like, why would you do this, right? And so I built this model that I put into my book and basically I kind of built off of Google's hero hub hygiene, but it's like, think of how you prioritize where you spend your time. Hygiene is the stuff like you have to do, right? So that would be, you know, it could be having a Facebook page. Uh, mm -hmm. um, it is usually like your website, some level of SEO. It's a little different for each type of business, but the hygiene stuff, you're not gonna debate the ROI. You just need to do it and it needs to be done fast and pretty well. You don't need to set the world on fire if it's just for hygiene. It just needs to not suck, right? It needs to be okay. The next bucket is hub. These are like the core activities that you know work. You should spend like 60 to 70% of your energy doing those better. Like. You don't need to come up with some new strategy. Do PR. We know PR works. Like, just do that better, right? Right. So, like, that's your hub. It's the stuff that you know works. And most of your effort should go into optimizing these things because that's where you get the reason I call it the hub. It's your ROI hub. That's where your return on investment comes because every little bit you do a proven thing better, the better growth you're going to have in your results, right? And then the very top is your innovation or your hero stuff, right? That's where you give yourself 10% permission to play, but set clear KPIs, limit your budget. And your goal should always be that it performs well enough it can be pushed down into a hub activity, right? So if I look at like my business, you know, we haven't tried LinkedIn ads in probably four or five years. So we're doing LinkedIn as one of our innovation things right now. But the vision is that if it goes well, then we can put it into the hub, optimize, optimize, optimize. And again, we want to be spending 60, 70% of our energy there. So I know it's like an annoying answer because right. I love answer. things to pay attention to, of course. But what I guess what I feel is like very few businesses are nailing the foundational things that will drive their success. And so most of us, myself included, will get a better return on investment by more focus there versus always adding all these new things. And then it's a little out of control. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just when you understand what your strategy is and you understand what your goals and objectives are, then it's easy to figure out what your hub and hygiene and the, the shiny object should be. Um, yeah. but also, um, just looking at your business and looking at, you know, as an entrepreneur and somebody that owns their own business and kind of like having to pivot and like reinvent with, you know, having a good portion of your business online and then a good portion of your business live events. So just kind of talk through that just from like a, I mean, I was really impressed when we first talked a couple of weeks ago when everything kind of started, 
you know, we, re we realized all these events had to be canceled, but you have to be able to pivot. And I think being using digital marketing to your advantage, you were able to do that pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with marketing is like you always need to be in front of people. And even regardless of where things go, there are always people buying whatever you're selling. I mean, unless you're literally closed and they're not, right? Like yeah. maybe not if you're a travel agent right now. Um, but, but like people are always buying whatever you're selling. So you always have to build awareness. And with everyone locked up at home, the internet is the best place to do it because people are also online more now than they typically are. So definitely, definitely um, worth thinking about. But, you know, to me, what I, I think the biggest thing is like, I keep saying like, create your silver lining, right? So for me, our online courses have never sold as well as they could because we make a lot of money in our live programs. So it's easy. We spend a disproportionate amount of effort on our online classes, but they're less of our sales than they ever should have been. Well, now we got to work that out and it's long overdue, right? So to me, it's kind of like create that silver lining. And I think also if you can be among the first to move, you will get results. So one of our biggest clients, um, just, I literally, I woke up the happiest person on the world because I got a text from them this morning, but, um, they just reached out to us and we're actually, so we do training for them, but we're also training their trainers on how to do digital stuff and how to do online. And so because we kind of moved quickly, we did some pilots, we know the technology, plus we've done online for a really long time. Now that's an opportunity, right? So I think you need to, if you move quick, you pivot, share your story, right? So I didn't go online and be like, hey, everyone, hire me for virtual stuff. You know, you let people know you know how to do it. Hey, I just did this virtual event. Here's what went well. Here's what I'm excited about. And they, they get it themselves. People can piece things together. They're not idiots, right? And so what I found is by moving quickly and just, you know, finding appropriate ways to let people know what's going on, that has worked really well. But speed, I think, is such a factor. And if you just sit back, I I kid you not, I, I, I've doubled my online ad spend, at least, maybe even more. Um, in the last month, because that's what you have to do. You have to get out in front of people. And if you don't invest enough, you don't give it the chance to succeed, right? So you kind of got to make some bold moves. You got to try some things you've not tried before and move fast. And I think when I look at who I see that I'm like, oh man, they're leapfrogging this. They're doing great. Those are the three things they have in common. And so that's what I keep trying to remind myself, like move fast, leapfrog minimum viable product and let's just push 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 and not everything will take but you know we're gonna start to see where the traction is and then we can flow really quickly definitely definitely and i think just going back to talking about trends if you're educated and you you understand exactly you know this have a, a good bearing on digital marketing, you're not going to get attracted to the shiny objects and the trends. You're going to be focused on the hub and the hygiene part of it, of your business. Right. And I think that, 
you know, that's what's so important about getting this this foundation of digital marketing education so that you're able to be like, okay, yeah, we can bring that in a little bit, but we don't have to go all in. And you're not influenced by, you know, maybe the CEO or the CMO. Oh my God, we're not on TikTok. Or, oh my God, we have to do this. And you can be like, no, because here's this, this is our strategy yeah. and this is how we're getting there. And that's why, you know, with the trends, you can just watch the trends happen. You can be part of it if you choose, but yeah. you don't have to get sucked in. Well, and it's good to know what's going on, right? Because you look at TikTok, for example, you're going to see Instagram copycatting some of that stuff. So like, it, I'm, I, you know, my answer is maybe a little like extreme, but like, it is good to know what's going on. But I also think if you want to know where the innovation is, look at Facebook, look at their product launches, look at where they move things up and get more focus and more things get less focus. You know, I've been saying stories, stories, stories. Well, guess what? LinkedIn is now testing stories and Twitter is now testing stories. So it's not about, I think everyone loves this idea that everything changes so fast. And on the one hand, like I get it, but it's super tactical thinking, right? Because, it, you know, I joined Twitter, I think in 2007, if you ask me today how to be successful on Twitter, I will tell you literally the same things I would have told you in 2007. Yeah. Right. Maybe, oh, you can make lists now and videos like, yeah, there's some nuance, but like people don't change the basic way this stuff works doesn't change. So I also think like that if you have the understanding and that like a bigger picture knowledge, you can be a lot smarter with your time and energy as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, now that we're 10 years into digital marketing plus, um, you can actually pick your vertical within digital marketing once you have the yeah. foundation. And so like mine, you know, I could have, my agency offers public relations first, and then we integrate social and SEO into the PR strategy, but we're not offering SEO, social media and PR equally. And we're not leading with social and we won't take somebody that wants us to manage their social media without a PR first strategy you know, your digital marketing education, you know, that's your right. basis. And I think that just being a generalist right now, and whether it's digital or social or, or, or PR, like you really have to kind of like have the foundation and then have some sort of a, you know, maybe your specialty is Instagram, but you yeah. understand the strategy, like where everything fits in. Well, you'll grow bigger, faster if you specialize for sure. And I think, it's, um, you want to have that broad knowledge, right? Because everything connects together, right? So even though you might say, well, I don't do this, you understand it and you can connect things together. So I think that's always important. But you look at some of the biggest names in social media, one channel, one focus area. I mean, okay, they're a client. We do Facebook ads training for Facebook. But Facebook ads, it has become, you know, it used to be spend 20 bucks, create an ad. You still can do that, but just like burn your money instead. If you're strategic, holy man, can this work for you? Oh, yeah. I, I have, I'm doing a test right now and like, I'm a big proponent of it and it's blowing my mind how well this is doing. And like, you know, choose one thing because even Instagram, so much opportunity to really master those channels. And I do think when you look at, especially a solo type person or even a small agency, mastering one channel is for sure where it's at, I think, unless you want to work with sort of small businesses, right? So it's a different approach with small businesses or even medium businesses where they're going to have one person. But if you want to grow yourself and your reputation and freelance, for sure, I agree with you. I would specialize. The other word I want to talk about that 
our circle of uh, professionals understand optimization, but I think optimization across any channel, and I know you agree, is so critical to really get lift and reach and exposure than to just not understand what optimization means, whether it's SEO, social media, or even public relations, writing. I mean, yeah. optimization is critical no matter what vertical you're in and it's different. So can we talk about that for a minute? What is your take on optimization? Yeah, again, to me, that's like that hub activity. That's where 70% of your effort should go to like optimizing and doing it better. And it's so not sexy. You're not gonna win an award. Your boss isn't gonna think you're ingenious. Well, maybe if you do it right, actually but your results will speak for themselves, right? And I think it's just so easy to not spend time and energy there, but that's where the heart is. But in order to do it, it comes back to that first conversation we had about strategy and then on the tail end, measurement. You have to be able to look at and understand data. And it blows my mind how many marketers do not ever look at their data. I'm talking, I just, I worked with a big brand recently. They're spending, they had a campaign running they were spending i think two million bucks on it and um i was like well what's your average video view time it was a facebook app what's your average video view time no one knows and i said well how's the ad doing and they said oh it's doing great it is meeting all the kpis from the agency what are the kpis reach and frequency yeah but that's like the plan you bought because you can buy on reach and frequency like it's just delivering the plan it doesn't mean it's doing anything for right you. right <laughs> And what's amazing is when you look at the data by every single metric, it was a total failure. And they thought it was doing great, but nobody was looking at the data. And to me, that's the other big skill set marketers need is it's the skill and the discipline and kind of the workflow to start looking at data. And like my team sometimes finds me a little annoying because the newest thing is like we'll be talking and I'm like, I actually don't care what you think like there is an answer in numbers find that and tell me that <laughs> right right which is like it's harsh a little but like the point is like i don't care what offer you think people will do better either like run a quick facebook ad test or look at our previous emails like there's ways to answer these questions beyond our opinions yeah. and i think that's what optimization is about to me it's like getting in the habit of database decision making and improvement because there's that like famous quote, I know half of my advertising spending doesn't work, but I don't know what half. Like now you know what half if you're smart. <laughs> you don't even have to yeah. be smart. You just have to look, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so you can know what half, but most people don't take the time to look or they don't have a KPI set. I was talking to a big pharmaceutical company and <laughs> they're like, uh, they send emails like every week, let's say to, I guess, doctors probably, right? Because it's in Europe, so they can't really target consumers. And I was like, well, like, what's your open rate? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We don't really look at that. And I said, well, what do you look at? He's like, well, we just look at the content and make sure it looks nice. <laughs> and for years, that's his job, right? He makes sure the content has the right thing. But nobody looks at the open rates, the click rates. Why are you sending them every week? What would happen if you sent it once a month? Like, no, And you just, we get an autopilot because what I think is that marketing historically has been activity driven right mm -hmm. so that yeah. was the email got sent that was we all tapped ourselves on the back when the email yeah. send right and now right. i think that's the new world of marketing right is that actually doing it is only the first step the second step is looking at the data the third step is doing the next one better and that's a huge mindset change that i think 
um, people who do that well quickly, like that's where I think digital marketers have a huge advantage because they're used to this optimization mindset. And um, it's super tricky to get people who've never done this to think in this way. So if somebody's just getting started with um, getting into digital marketing, where would they start with digital bootcamp? Yeah, I mean, um, so the best thing right now, honestly, we just redid our whole model and you can try our programs for free for five days. And after that, it's 97 a month. And that includes our three accredited certification programs. Um, so it's literally, uh, we're accredited, accredited globally in both awesome. and the U S yeah. And with the membership program, it's going to be the lowest cost you'll get these kinds of certifications for. So I would just do that. And, you know, then what's nice, the way we arranged our certifications is to say, okay, this is like the base knowledge that someone in this industry should have, but then you can specialize from there. You know, we have eight hours on Facebook ads. We have a lot on SEO. I don't know how long, um, but I think, you know, you can try it for free. If you don't like it, I won't be offended. Um, but, you know, our attrition rates are huge because people get a ton of value out of all the things that we give them. And once you're in, then you can kind of also figure out, get that base across the board. That's why we have the digital marketing and social media and SEO certifications. So you can like get your base and then you can take it further by watching other courses and specializing more. And despite my earlier comment, we're adding a TikTok training in this week. We've had stories up for, I think, about a year now. So we do put new things in that people should, I mean, you should know about it, right? So we do put that stuff in. So you'll always be on sort of the leading edge and not have a client that knows this stuff better than you. Yeah. And what better time? I mean, a lot of people right now are out of a job or they're, you know, not working as much. And so time on their hands. So you can start Krista's course um, at Bootcamp Digital for free for the first five days. You could also read her book, which is very actionable. Like you can just literally open up any chapter and have action items that you can apply right away to your business. So we have a lot of um, entrepreneurs that are listening in to Social PR Secrets. So do you have any books that you recommend besides your own books that um, would be a great recommendation that you like? There are so many books that I love, but uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. To be like, <laughs> What are my favorites? I mean, so I think, so the way I think about books in general, just if I can backtrack a second is like, I always, if I look at like the books that have been most impactful to me, it's always been when I had a specific problem or challenge. And then I found the book that solved it versus when you're reading books to read them. I think it's harder to sometimes like get as much value because you want something that's like relevant now. Right. But um, I personally, if you want to just like beef up your marketing skills, I like almost anything by Seth Godin, I think. And his newsletter is the best newsletter I've ever, subs ever subscribed to. He sends an email every single day. And they're super short, though. Some of them are like one sentence, um, but they're all like really profound and thought provoking. And I would say the same about uh, every single one of his books. I also think for foundational marketing type stuff, the 22 Immutable Laws of Branding is a classic. And I love that one for um, content type stuff. Influence is hands down the best book. It's like a little academic. He also has it. It's Robert Cialdini. His other book, Getting to Yes, is like a user-friendly version of it with like more examples and it's easier to read, but it's all the same ideas. I think that is like a total um, game changer for me. 
And then, um, you know, one of the books that I'm reading as a business owner right now is called Traction. And, um, you know, some of these books that I read that I get a lot from, like they're written a long time ago. So like, it's hard to get over some of the examples and the tone, but yeah. the content is great, right? And Traction is about helping you to run a better business. And like, honestly, some of this stuff is so simple, but it's like always have an agenda and time gate things and make everyone stick to it. And I'm like, wow, like, of course you should do this, right? But like, I've never done that in my own business. And we implemented it and like it's, our meetings are like 10 times better. And it's like one small thing in this book that was written a while back. So anyways, those would be the ones off the top of my head. That's a huge tip. Are you still using Asana just out of curiosity? For yeah, I'm obsessed with Asana. Yeah, yeah. And we're using it too. So always trying to optimize that too. Yeah, well, so I'll give you a pro tip if you use Asana. So I think Asana is the best task management tool out there. It's completely free. Like I have had, I've used it for ages. My whole team uses it. We've had no need to upgrade. But um, one of the things we started to do in it as well, which has been really helpful, is we created these brainstorm boards because like what we found was like with marketing, like people are constantly lobbing ideas around. And then when we want to actually think about it, like, where are they? And, you know, you could use a Google Doc, I guess. But we started, like, different brainstorm boards in Asana. And then once we're ready to taskize them, it's, like, super quick to turn all that stuff over. So oh, that's a great that's idea. Tip. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, Krista, thank you so much. Um, you can visit Bootcamp Digital and check out all of her resources. She's got a lot of free resources besides her just, I mean, just your blog in general is just amazing and always learning something. So thank you so much for joining us and we will catch up with you online. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com free.